Welcome to Running Is Bullshit, I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. This is episode 107, and Amy has run long and slow, I have run short and fast, which is almost like we planned this kind of thing for perfect podcast balance, but we Mm. haven't. Coming up, we've got some chunky emails, race cancellations, brain cancellations, and a squirrel. Ooh. (laughs) I like you sound intrigued by that, but that's your story, Amy. Do you remember? Oh, you know what? That's funny. I'm glad oh, you Jesus told me Christ. to remind you about this, me about this because I haven't actually written that on my notes about the you squirrel. You literally messaged me to say, remind me to talk about the squirrel. <laughs> and I've put it in the notes here. I've put it in the notes further down and you still forgot. I still forgot because it, I, I, we'll get to it. Foreshadowing sort of a little spoiler, but it was like a hallucination. So I think that's why I've, I've forgotten it. It's gone to like, the, you know, like when you forget your dreams. <laughs> that's why it's, it's gone out of my head. That's, um, that's where your running is now. Yes. You're like forgetting. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Uh, Okay, first up, let's catch up on the last episode. And Lisa Gibbon has been in touch and said, when I sent the email about being asked to give up my Santa run medal for a child, I didn't count on the race director being a Running Is BS listener. And she had a message from him that morning saying, I listened to Running Is BS too, you know. Hashtag busted. Oh, Oh, yeah, you don't expect that. You you just want to have a good bitch about someone and then they hear it. Awkward. Very awkward. (laughs) Mate, just buy more medals. It's easy. Yeah, if you're listening, buy buy more medals. (laughs) Lazy race directors. What do they know? Uh, We also had an email from Karen Hamilton who said, regarding Lisa Gibbon's story from this week, yes to the medals. I entered a 10k run in a different city once only because it fell on May the 4th, which is Star Wars Day. They were celebrating with a medal shaped like the Death Star. Not quite sure how they got away with that with copyright and stuff, but don't care, it was sweet bling. Problem was, the race was being put on by an official athletics body and was a bit proper. So they were worried their entrants wouldn't want such a silly, frivolous medal. Because, I don't know, you can't be a proper runner and like fun things. On the day, we found out they only had a portion of them made up as Death Stars and the rest were boring, plain blue medallions. Fuck that. I hate 10k as a racing distance, but they're clearly wrong. Everyone is going to want the Death Star medal because it was great. So I had to make sure I ran hard enough to get one before they were all taken. Nearly puked, got the Death Star, still one of my favourites. But was everyone desperate for the Death Star or was there like a massive box just full of them at the the end? (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. Is is a race being on May the 4th good enough to have a... Is that a good enough reason to have a... To break copyright law and have a Death Star medal? Mm, probably not for the race directors I can imagine because Disney now owns Star Wars don't they and I oh yeah don't they fuck came... with Disney oh don't no they will come down like a ton of bricks on yeah you. Disney will come for you so yeah you don't will... please race directors don't do that yeah you won't exist next year to put on that race <laughs> the mouse will be after you we are banging through the early bit of this podcast we're into yeah. tea update already fucking hell oh my god ooh we're partnered with Bird and Blend Tea, which means we'll tell you what tea we're drinking. And if you like the sound of that, you can go to runningisbs.com forward slash tea, click on the links and buy some tea if you want. Or don't, it's completely up to you. We're not forcing you here, you know, make your own decisions. We've got here so quickly, it's, you, you really have to worry there's going to be some big stories coming up, isn't there? Oh God, yep, yep. It's uh, strapping, guys. Yes. If you're a new customer, don't forget to use the code TEAISNOTBS and you'll get a pouch of chocolate digestive tea for free. And it's really good. It's really tasty. So 
definitely put in that code. I think you also get free shipping as well when you put in that code. Oh, nice. I think. Don't quote me on that. I wish I hadn't said that now, but maybe, maybe check it. Check it. I feel like that is true, but I can't quite remember if it is. But you get, hey, you get free tea. And if if the postage is free as well, that's a bonus. Yeah, exactly. What tea are you drinking this week, Stuart? Amy, I'm drinking Black Forest. Oh, I like that one. It is a black, well, it describes Black Forest Gatto, black tea with a cherry on top. Because, of course, that's how Black Forest Gatto is. Um, And now, I think this is a bit of a, it's like a beginner weird tea. If you're like a little bit weird tea curious, but you haven't quite got in yet, you think, I just like proper tea. Mm. This is like a black tea, and it's quite subtle. Like Black Forest, I kind of thought it'd be quite big, because it's like a chocolate and cherry, it's quite a big flavour. This one is fairly subtle, and I think you could drink this as an everyday tea. So I think it's kind of a good, if you're thinking about, like, oh, I want to give something a go, but I only really like property, this is a good one to go for. It's, yeah, it's basically kind of chocolate and kind of a cherry. I don't think it actually has cherry in. It's got a load of fruit in there. It's got a load of, you know, usual kind of big lumps of fruit in there. Uh, but it's just kind of a nice fruity, sweet, chocolatey black tea. Good one to go for, I think, if you're trying to get in. Mm, I definitely agree with that. I find a lot of, like, the chocolate-flavoured tea. Obviously, chocolate is quite bitter and tea has mm. got a bitter taste so if you're having tea and chocolate together it's not it's not as crazy as you think and then add a bit mm. of something sweet alongside that and it actually the mix works very well yeah i'm just drinking it now and it it reminds me of something and i can't remember what mm. that's like, it's not a great anecdote like, like a memory from childhood or you i don't know it's just there's, there's some yeah there's something there that flavor i mean it, perhaps it's just reminding me of the last black forest gato i had but um <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll get back to you if i remember how about you I have a tea that I was really looking forward to getting. I saw it advertised on Bird and Blend. I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. And it is pretty amazing. It's Nutella and strawberry pancakes. Oh, that's a lot going on. Mm. Well, you think that, but actually, no, it's quite, it, it tastes like a chocolatey. I, I guess I can kind of taste the hazelnut as well, but it does taste like, you know, just mainly chocolatey with the nice sweetness of the strawberry. So it's not too crazy. I, I find it's one of those that's got like the aftertaste is like you can taste the hazelnut then, but it's mm. not too much when you first drink it. It's not like a wine connoisseur. Well, not really, but you know what I mean. So we're, we're pretty similar then today. Yes, we are. Chocolatey fruity. Chocolatey fruity, which is one of my mm-hmm. favourite combos for tea. Really into that. So yeah, Nutella, strawberry pancakes is... I find all their pancake teas are really good. They do like blueberry pancakes as well. And I don't know how they make mm. the pancake flavouring. I haven't got the packet on me, so I can't look at the ingredients. Oh, just a bit of vanilla probably, I guess it? so, yeah. But that taste is actually... It's quite distinctive and it's really, really nice. I'm a big fan of it. So, yeah. So I ran the final weekend of the Canix National Championships in the Forest of Dean, knowing that the current champs leader in the senior male category was racing in Czechia. So at least second place was on the cards for me as long as I turned up and finished. Uh, As is typical at these events, there were just two of us in the category on Saturday, but on Sunday there were five, which is the most I have ever seen. Canicross is weird. The gender split in Canicross is the opposite of everything else. On the Saturday there were 11 men and 32 women, and that's, that's standard. I'd love to do, I'd love to do like a psychological study to find out why more women take part in canny cross yeah. like what well, is it about dog sports yeah. generally is more women yeah you know, if you watch crufts you see obviously like, things like the heel work to music and the agility and the fly ball it, it is a lot more women but even in canny cross where you get to run really really fast mm. it's mostly women so it's really strange perhaps we need to get run equal involved and we need to like perhaps we need to make the men's race longer 
<laughs> to to encourage more men or make the women's race longer to put off women something like that how how do we how do we encourage men into this sport you know men you don't need to feel intimidated it's well we okay. need to use male inclusive language so we need yes. to be more aggressive in the marketing okay. yes. <laughs> go for a fucking run with your fucking dog what are you some sort of puffer this is yeah this is proper <laughs> racing that's what we need to do. Yeah, more aggressive marketing, um, more uh, less inclusive imagery. So less less photos of women, unless they're young and pretty, obviously. Um, so yeah, that perhaps eventually. Yeah, I'll, I'll suggest that to run equal and see if they want to get involved with uh, yeah. Canicross. These poor men need more events to go to. There's not enough in this. Yeah. There's not enough sports for men at the moment. So yeah, that is that is true. Yeah, um, Amy, you would have hated this course. <laughs> you would have absolutely hated it. It was wet muddy slippery and only 4k so it was a real like sprint event compared to the usual usually like five five and a half k maybe a little bit longer um the first race on saturday i did with my favorite niece ruby the red fox lab and she started like an absolute bullet and because of the very dodgy start seeding we were overtaking other runners really really quickly luckily it was really big fields it was all um, private land on farmers fields and woods so at the start we had loads of space to go really really wide and as i've said before canicross overtaking is really hard like you're overtaking someone roughly the same pace as you but instead of just you as a runner you're about three meters long plus you need to leave at least that distance before you pull back in front of them so you have to overtake for ages it is really, really hard. Pippin would have been an absolute nightmare overtaking. She'd just want to say hello to the dog. She'd want to say hello to the owner. I, she'd be I think pulling. she'd get into it. Mm. She'd get into it. Um, there was one section where we hit an almost 180 degree corner with a puddle that was shin deep. And you could just hear everyone shrieking as they went through it. That was very good fun. It was like the first two steps kind of were up to your ankle. Like, oh, that's pretty bad. Then the third step was like up to your shin. And you had to just like, just, yeah, pull it out and just just keep on going uh we got to the woods uh really lovely little wood section we could basically following uh tire tracks through the woods i'm not even sure if it was a real path or just where they'd driven just for us because i think the people who you know owned the farm and the land were into canny cross so they kind of made this course for us uh, at one point then ruby just decided to go the wrong way around a tree completely randomly off course went round a tree and then that thing that dogs do that you say no no wrong way and then they come back towards you which means they're wrapped all the way around the tree mm-hmm. so you have to go around the tree with them i hope they don't just follow you um she also for, the, for my first time in a county cross race she stopped to have a poo and at first because she squatted down i thought oh, perhaps if it's a quick one i might be able to be like oh i thought it was a wee i didn't <laughs> notice it was a poo but then she just carried on oh, and God. there was people coming. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to have to like, I'm going to have to pick this one up. Um, so yeah, there's quite a lot of poo. But the thing is, it was right in the middle of the woods. So I probably could have left it, but they made a real big point at the beginning of, because it's private farmland, mm. you have to pick it up. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, but it's in the woods. I could probably get away. No, fine. Okay, I'll pick it up. Um, so I got overtaken. And the guy I was racing against for like the, the overall championship started just behind me and he'd been catching me or staying behind me the whole way. He overtook me then. And so I'm carrying a big bag of poo <laughs> trying to like get the race back. So I was like, right, I was really determined then. Right, I'm going to catch this bastard. Um, I did actually drop off the poo with a marshal, which again, they said was okay, but felt really bad. I did like double check. I'm like, it's okay for me to leave this. She's like, yeah, yeah, fine. I handed it over carefully. Threw right it in her throat. face. Like- I didn't, no, I didn't. I thought I could just toss it on the floor. No, too risky. Just hand it to her very carefully. Um, so then there was this little short, slippery, muddy, nasty hill. 
and the guy I was chasing was walking up that. I think he kind of blew himself out. So I overtook him then, and we went for the finish. It was one of those awful finishes where you just feel like you're running through treacle. You're like running as hard as you possibly can, but very, very slowly. Mm. So yeah, I was really glad it was a nice short course. I didn't expect it. We didn't know how long the course was when we went, and I was really glad because I would have gone way, way too fast. So yeah, finished really, really well. Didn't dare look over my shoulder on the finish line because not only did I have to beat this guy, I had to beat him by at least 10 seconds to keep that difference. So mm-hmm. I didn't even look over my shoulder um, just to make sure. That's how, that's how serious I was about this. Um, second day was a bit less dramatic. I was running with William, he's my dog, and I was really knackered because, you know, running hard is hard. Uh, we ran basically the same time, but without the minute delay for getting wrapped up around a tree and having a poo. I looked at the splits and they were like first, second and fourth K within seconds. The third K was a minute faster. So that all just came from that. The weather was drier. So the mud was just stickier. It wasn't necessarily better. It was just a different type of mud. Mm. So I finished first on the first day, third on the second day, which meant I won the weekend overall because only two of us did the both days of the weekend but still i won i got a little medal that says first which will be going to ruby and i got enough points to finish second in the national championships i finished second in a national championships that is how little competition there is in canny cross for men see what what possibly could be a better incentive for men if i can finish second loads of people can turn up here and do very very well um first place the guy was racing that weekend michael flatley not that one (laughs) i was gonna say did that speed him him. up doing his little dance like uh no i I just thought we were you know what he probably needs a win doesn't he let's face it yeah being saddled with that name well that's probably Uh, that's probably why he won you know he river danced across that puddle he was lord of the canny cross he was uh, and he was running with his Doberman Poppy, who was very super sweet. Uh, and he's also driving all the way down from Liverpool for these. So I'm like, oh, oh good for you. Um, I got a medal for the first place, as I said, plus a trophy and a certificate wow. for my second overall. I think that was my first certificate I've ever won. You can put that in like your achievement folder. In my record of achievement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, next to my um, my GCSEs and my food hygiene certificate. Exactly. Because you know what? That is going to be very important. You are going to need that for every job you ever apply for. Exactly. Uh, also got some dog food, a neckerchief, which says like second national championships, like a weird travel towel thing, um, some human chocolate and a cereal bar uh, as prizes, which I was very happy with. I did basically my first flat lay in about five years of things that I won. That's it. <laughs> that is the best type of flat lay. I don't care what you're taking with you to a race. These are the things I won. <laughs> nice. um, prize giving was good because I got my prizes, but also prize giving took 48 minutes. I timed it. It's a long old day uh, at Canny Cross. I went out at 8 a.m. I got back at 3. I ran for 18 and a half minutes. Nice. That was a long day. But during that prize giving, I had fresh donuts from the burger van. I had a camp share and a cup of tea. So I was very happy, actually. Mm. That's, that's pretty good. Fresh donuts. It was a very, it was a very good day. Mm. Um, so that's Canny Cross basically done for the year now because it starts getting too warm. Uh, probably not a race near us again till about November. Oh so God. I'm going to have to find something else to talk about. Mm. Eventually, I will get you at one of these races. I know you're not into racing particularly, but I think for the experience, I think you'll really enjoy it. God, it's going to take me and Pippin so long because Doesn't Pippin matter. will be off sniffing everywhere. I'll be telling her to Doesn't slow matter. down rather than speed up because I don't want to slip over. Like, That's yeah. the bit I always like in like races like this and other trail races as well. When we get to the really difficult bits and the marshal like, careful here, slow down and be careful. I'm like, oh, I can make up a few seconds here. <laughs> Everyone else is like slowing down. Like if I just go at it really hard, that's the sensible thing to do, right? Yeah, of course. 
it, it gets harder, so perhaps that's where I can make up time. I'm too much of a racer and not talented enough to do that, unfortunately. So there we go. Uh, that was that was my weekend. Very nice. I, I'm still absolutely knackered. I ran 4K twice, uh, three days later, still so tired. I mean, off the back of that kind of mountain run the week before, it's been a tough few weeks. Perhaps I need to take it easy, but yeah. perhaps I also need to do some training. Mm. I don't know. That was a lot of fun. Let's move on. You can support this podcast and my canny cross exploits by going to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit and donating money every month. And here is everyone this month who did that and strap in. Amy, she did a long one. Rachel Bullmore, Steve Robson, AP, Norm Dawson, Gregory C, Martin Josie, Raymond Quinn, Gail Seal. Sophie Jacks, Sherry Grubbs, Bernadette McCarthy, Martin Kaplan, Jambolic Adol, Jenny Tennesby, Julia Page, Trish Alton, Brian Simpson, Len Martin, Charlie Neverson, Jason Spinks, Kel Ryder, Maria Wick. Debbie Hurley, Jonathan Carter, Luke Daniel, Victoria Magnus, Kath Everett, Ian Hales, Matt H. Jewel, Running Sophie Nichols, Erin Shaw, Catherine Fenton, Matt Reese, Lisa Gibbon, Matt Garner. Zowski, Karen Blay, Andy Nichols, David Tittle, Darren Robb is Cassie Jones, Rachel Bentley, Ian Thompson, Sterry Sandra Hines, Matt Burroughs, Samantha Benson, Paul Hibbert, Ivor Hewitt, Victoria Dick, Anthony Howe, Violet Grep, Rick Stein, Gabby Thomas, Naya Lee Wood, Amanda Murray Hines, Jay Howes, Sam Whaley, Elliot Lyme, H. Matt Jones, James Lampert, David Irwin, Elizabeth Shaban, Angela Foster Swales, Nikki Jenders, Kirk Shepherd, Clark Gilmore, Matt Caffin, Carl Fleming, Claire Dina, Adam Atkinson, Liz Reese, Tony Howes, Gordy Thelwell, Francis Howe, Dawn Shepherd, Vicky Robbins, Andy Robbins, Karen Hamilton, J. Matt Newbury. Penny Simpson, Stuart Stevens, Ruth KP, Ruth KP, run out of names. What's going on? Moving swiftly on to our messages. Don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Running is BS and let us know why you particularly hate 
running this week. And somebody who did just that was Ian Thompson, who emailed in and said, Hi, Stuart and Amy. Some wankers stole a portaloo off the Fleet Half Marathon course yesterday, saddling the organisers, Fleet and Crookham AC, with a £918 bill from the hire company. I had no idea portaloos were that expensive. Jesus. It's bad enough that it was stolen, but when the event is run on a shoestring deliberately with any profits going to a local charity, that's really fucking low. I get that people want a freebie, but stealing an actual turdis is quite another matter. What's the deterrent, though? Apple AirTags on the remotely located portaloos? Yeah, I guess, like, the deterrent should be that it's a portaloo. <laughs> yeah, you. I, I hope... <laughs> I hope for them they stole it early in the day, <laughs> not late in the day, because that's nasty. Yeah, and how do they even steal it? Well, they must have bought like a, a van or something and like loaded it in. But it, I'm assuming that the portaloos come completely empty and then they load them up with the chemicals and stuff and all of that. And Probably. Like, that's. I mean, yeah, it'd have to be standing up. Yeah. Because you couldn't lay it down because that's too risky. Who steals a portaloo? Mm. Come on. You would kind of hope the race organisers would have insurance because if this is stolen, you know, if it's a, you know, you've got a police crime number and that, hopefully your insurance would cover it, but then perhaps not. I have no idea, you know, as, as we've said many times, we don't know shit about organising races. <laughs> it could be that that sort of insurance, because I'm assuming there's different types of insurance and that sort of insurance may add on a load more of an extra cost yeah. and they didn't expect somebody to steal. Well, no, you, you know? don't, not something you expect, but yeah, having to pay out that much money. God, well, why? That's really shit. So strange. Uh, another email says, Evening, I'm emailing because I'm tired of runners complaining to organisers of small volunteer-run races when things don't go their way. We would never, never do that. Yesterday, the White Horse Half that was due to be held today had to be cancelled because of flooding on the course and several local road closures. This is a nice half marathon organised by volunteers, mainly from the White Horse Harriers Running Club, not my running club by the way, but a local club to me. When they announced the cancellation on Facebook, they stated that because of having to occur significant costs, which they clarified later to include first aid, venue hire, traffic management, chip timing, mugs, printing, trophies, medals, postage, they are unable to issue refunds because they spent all the money. People complained they should have either a refund or entry to next year they need to be more transparent as to where where the costs have went and that it's run by volunteers insurance should cover their costs that the email sent out regarding the cancellation was poorly toned that another race went ahead in 2012 despite there being flooded and it was great fun and someone's quoting the unfair contract terms act 1977 implying that they couldn't withhold the entry fee i love when people get technical I'm sick of tired of people complaining like this to these types of race organisers who will not have wanted to cancel and will have put in so much effort to have a successful race. I know the effort that goes in as I have seen it firsthand as my husband has been on numerous race committees. I've seen the numerous meetings, emails, phone calls and the very early starts and late nights on race days. Thank you for reading my rant. I'm now off to click on your link and order some Bird and Blend tea. Mm. Smiley face from Fiona Warland. Uh, the first thing, I have to do this. I said I love it when people get technical. A very quick Google says the Unfair Contract Terms Act 1977 only applies to businesses and not consumers. So wind your neck in, whoever that was. Fucking amateur lawyer. And also, most small print, even big races, says that they don't have to refund you. Like, you're always taking a risk. It's nice if, say, they defer your entry or refund you, but that shouldn't be expected because... Like I said, that's a risk you take when you enter a race. I, just, I don't get people ragging on these, these small races. Yeah, and this was cancelled the day before because of flooding. Mm. 
That's a legitimate reason to cancel a yeah. race. And also that whole thing of insurance should cover their costs. I don't think the insurance is covering things like that. Insurance is for things like if somebody gets injured or dies and somebody sues them and, and all those types of things. Like, races get cancelled sometimes. I mean, it's like, a, what, an act of God, you know? Yeah, insurance does not cover your entry fee. No. Like, you can have, actually, as an individual runner, you can have race insurance for yourself. Mm. If your race gets cancelled, you can get that money back. There are ways of doing that. I'm pretty sure in... Isn't it like Strava Premium somewhere? There's a thing that you can link to. I'm pretty sure there is like race insurance for individuals that can cover that kind of thing. A race insurance is not going to get insurance to give you money. That's not how insurance works. I think it's funny as well, the whole they need to be transparent as to where the costs went. It's like, isn't it pretty obvious? Like the things they list of where the costs going. Yeah. Don't we all know that? That it's expensive I mean, to have like... Literally all yeah. the things that you see on a race day cost money. Yeah, like money. first aid support, Apart from the people. all that sort of thing. Like it all... Co- like how do you not know where your costs are going? It's yeah. obvious. Yeah. Um, there, you know, people did say the you know, email regarding the cancellation was poorly toned. And I know that is a difficult one. And that is one that does really rile people up. Mm. Uh, but, but, you know, there's probably not a way to... Um, to do it that well straight off because it's it's a difficult uh, a difficult thing to balance out to say you have to be quite firm and say unfortunately this is what has happened but you know we have to be nice about it which is difficult. And the thing is about it as well is that these are people who are probably volunteering their time or, or whatever they're just ordinary people they're not people that have necessarily got communications training or customer service training or any of those things so if your email is poorly worded like it's just one of those things some people just say things in a certain way sure if it's a big race where they're employing people do their media communications and stuff yeah. like that fair enough but this is just some person that's that's doing it in probably in their spare time you know don't worry about yeah. it yeah after what after all i imagine it must be a pretty stressful day yeah exactly like it doesn't really it's not the end of the world if the tone of the email isn't to your liking like don't stress about it god you know what, actually, I've just remembered, speaking of poorly cancelled big races, the Cardiff 10K went away last year in really bad circumstances. Mm. It's come back. Another company has basically bought it out, and they've brought it back, but they've called it the CDF 10K. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, I have an issue with this, because the name of my running club for seven years has been CDF Runners. And I'm like, excuse me. It's a lawsuit. Uh, I, think, I, I think that's our name. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we were to put on a 10K, we're going to have to call it something different now. I mean, we're not going to because it's hard. But, You'd have to call um, it Cardiff that, like, 10K. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah we're going to call it the Cardiff 10K. Perfect. <laughs> I'll have it on the same day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, we won't do that. That sounds far too hard. But, like, you know, we've, a few of us sent messages about, oh, do we get a discount for having a club with the same name? Or mm-hmm. very flattered. Thanks for naming the race after us. But, you know, you shouldn't have done. So, yeah, that was, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, that's weird. We've also had an email from Jenny... (laughs) You've literally just told me. We've also had an email from Jenny Tamesby. Is that it? Tamesby. 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 Yeah. Tamasebi. 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 (laughs) We've also had an email from Jenny Tamasebi, who says... Hi both. Bloody well done on your recent ultras and canny cross achievement. Strong work from both of you. Keeping up on the the socials, Jenny. Um, But I wanted to email to say that you're wrong regarding this podcast being the worst choice ever for listening while completing long runs or ultras. I have anxiety. Same. It ebbs and flows, but it's always an arse. Same. (laughs) 
And on the 4th of March, I was supposed to go to near Nottingham to do a backyard ultra. Lovely race organisers, Rasselbock, had set up their inaugural backyard ultra and you know when you see something and think yeah that sounds fun i'll love doing that and then it gets to race day and you have the anxiety and the processes of getting camping equipment together and driving three hours from east london set up a tent and having to you know people and it's forecast freezing sleet and you also have reynards yeah we never fucking shut up about that yeah uh. freya has reynards and yes i have to hear about it every day um and then also people and you doubt yourself and you end up sitting on the edge of your bed holding a cooling cup of extremely delicious bird and blend tea staring at the wall for about 47 minutes same i've been there i get it <laughs> i get that so, I didn't go and it was too late to defer, therefore I gifted my spot to someone on the waitlist and they really sweetly made a donation to mind. But I still wanted to do the Backyard Ultra, if you see what I mean. My brain wouldn't let me do it in Nottingham, but I wasn't going to let that stop me doing something similar. Fuck you brain and double fuck you head squirrels. I don't know what head squirrels are, but I like, I like that sure, term. Yeah. So on the 4th of March, I started at 11am and ran roughly 5.5 kilometre loops around the Isle of Dogs, known affectionately as Dog Island by literally no one save me, my son and some running mates. And I used my house as the start slash stop slash aid station. I set off each hour on the hour and wanted to do 10 loops, but sacked it off at 9 when I hit 50 kilometres. Fair enough, I wouldn't want to do that final loop either if you've already hit 50k. I ate an entire margarita pizza plus other assorted beige carby horrors. Strava said moving time was 5 hours 42 minutes but actual time was 8 hours plus and all the waiting for the hourly start time and I listened to you two and your back catalogue of bullshitty nonsense. Nice. What could be better than hearing that running is hoof-wanking bollocks whilst doing said hoof-wanking bollocks? In the spirit of true transparency, I also listened to another couple of podcasts. Ugh. What? what? There are other podcasts. But I, ma- I maintain that running is bullshit is the true ultra companion. For those moments when you really, really, really hate running, especially around Dog Island, which isn't exactly a paradise of views on a grey March day. Although if you catch it right, it does have an interesting aroma of herbal cig- cigarettes. Thanks, kids. You really do help people be psychologically elsewhere when it matters. Lots of Dog Island love. Jenny. Well, I feel like Dog Island should be a lot better than it is. Yeah. It, it sounds wonderful. I don't think it is. Sorry, no. Jenny. <laughs> but yeah, we got there eventually. A long-winded story. And, um, you know, luckily for everyone that has to listen to the edited version of that email, but Amy took about 20 minutes to, to read that out. So that's a terrific view. But um, apparently this is a good podcast to listen to when you're doing a terrible run. So I wouldn't recommend it personally, but Jenny seems to think yeah, so. We've had the endorsement by Jenny and that's all that matters. Good for you if you're doing your own backyard ultra. Yeah, yeah, I totally get it. Sometimes you got to have that plan B because sometimes you just can't make it to a race because your brain's just like, no, nah, we're not doing that today. And you go, okay. Your brain won't let you go to Nottingham. We've all yeah, been there. Yeah, I mean, that's probably self-preservation and survival instinct, so I wouldn't worry about Very that. Very smart. Yeah. Very smart. Uh, so before we get into Amy's ultra, let's have a little look. And some stats, of course. I did some polls on Twitter asking our bullshitters how many of the six ultras Amy will start and finish. And let me say, Amy, people do not believe in you. I know, I see the emails too. So, like, I know people don't believe in me. Fuck you. The poll was done in two parts with separate tweets. So I think it is skewed a little bit towards results that were on the first tweet, but that still makes it quite funny. Uh, Basically, 
I asked people if you'd if you would start between zero and six ultras and finish between zero and six. The most common result was people thought you would start two of them. <laughs> and it's actually pretty even between one and four. And there's a drop off and then some people think six. But basically the average people think you'll do two or three. You'll start two or three okay. and finish about the same two or three. I mean, I would say ye of little faith, but I understand that most of me on this podcast has been saying, oh, I signed up for this race and I didn't do it. So yeah. I, I get it, I get it. I diverted I've, from last year and I don't want to do it. Thing is, I, I've set expectations low for a reason. Nice, you've been building up for this yeah. for years. Yeah, exactly. uh, Running Punk at Runs With A Koi Poo said, I think she's got to the determination to start them all, but feel like she'll be falling over or getting lost on the second one, which will in turn make it go, fuck it, I'll go wrestle some sheep instead. Yeah, you know what? This this hits too close to home. It, it gave me a sinking feeling in my stomach when I read this one because that is probably what's going to happen in terms of I will mm-hmm. get lost. I am very, very worried about getting lost. So, yeah, this, this hit. Yeah. I feel like this was a, more of a premonition. Because <laughs> I think, like, six ultras is one thing, but it's the cumulative effect that you can't prepare for, really. No, no. Now, two people said you wouldn't start any of them. Which is Fuck you. which is interesting because <laughs> only four people said you wouldn't finish any, so you, that's interesting. Do you know who those two people are? Does it show? I'm you afraid not. No, Twitter polls are anonymous. I'm afraid. Come on, show yourself. Don't be a coward. So, <laughs> should we start off, Amy, by proving those two people wrong straight yes, away? Yeah. Did you start your ultra? Yes, I did. Way, Yay. and I finished it. And you finished it. Finished it. So the first one was the South Canon, which was 42.5 miles. It actually ended up being 43 miles for me. Uh, from Newport to Brecon, along a ca- the whatever that canal's called, the Brecon Monmouthshire Canal, canal whatever it's called. So Did your research, I like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, it should have been fairly easy navigation-wise, but there was a few points, especially during the first, uh, I think it was in the second mile where I nearly took a completely wrong turning and got lost which nice. I'm following a canal so that shouldn't be the case but so, which is why I am worried about the other events which aren't following yeah. a canal so so yeah so I did nearly get lost a couple of times I took one wrong turning completely but luckily there was somebody behind me who said you're going the wrong way so that was okay um Overall, I will say that I actually quite enjoyed this race. And that's because, unlike my previous 40 milers, I didn't feel completely shit from 15 miles on. So I only started to feel shit at 35 miles. God. You know why? Because I actually trained for this one. Oh, okay, yeah. When I rang, I've run the Vogum twice. I've probably spoken about this. Um, And each time I've run that, it would get to only like 15 or 16 miles and I would start to feel horrendous and the running would stop so much and I'd be trying to run, walk, and it would just, my feet would hurt. This one, I was getting like 30 miles. I was like, you know what? If this was a 30 mile race, I am bang on. I'm feeling good. I was getting like 30 miles, I think in like seven and a half hours or something like that. And I was like, you know what? I'm feeling really fine. And it was only when I got to 35 miles that I was like, this is like, I'm feeling shit. But even at 35 miles, I was able to run for half a mile at a time and then walk and then run another half a mile. So even then I was still able to run. I wasn't just like walking it out sort of thing. Yeah, I think Strava said you got a 50k PB. That's yeah, nice. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me because it was, um, yeah, I mean... I mean. Probably the flattest 50k you've done. Yeah, I, I mean, the flat was quite good at first because obviously it meant that it wasn't too hard on the hills. But then towards the end, you start to think, I wish there were some downhills because, of course, mm. uphills kind of suck. 
Um, but downhill, was like, just even just a little downhill would have been nice. It, I, I was feeling by that point, it would have been nice to have like a bit of help <laughs> from the yeah. terrain. Um, so yeah, the flat was good in a way, but then it also kind of sucked in that way as well. Uh, absolutely chucked it down for the first half. Uh, I had my, my waterproofs on, so that was okay, but my feet got absolutely soaked. Um, not just for the first half, but then the rest of the way because the towpath was actually riddled with puddles and really slippery mud as well. So I was wearing my mm. road shoes because that's what people recommend you wear for it because it's, it's path, really. Um, but there was this really like proper slippery mud. Um, so I ended up doing quite a lot of walking through that because just because I didn't want to fall over. Um, but yeah, my feet got absolutely soaked. I did have the option to change my shoes and socks at 24 miles at checkpoint three or whatever it was. And I chose not to because I was quite concerned. What? Yeah, I was, I was, I thought my shoes are okay at the moment because they weren't rubbing. Wait, so you had shoes and socks yeah, there? Yeah, I had, I had I'll, Dry shoes and socks waiting for you. I had like a whole dry change of outfit just in case. I had packed like a proper, a proper drop bag. And you were soaking wet and you chose not to use that? My feet were soaking wet, yeah. But I, <laughs> I thought, you know what, in my head, because I, I, I was feeling good at that point as well. I was like, well, I've only got like 16 more miles to run, you know. And I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling good. It's not going to take me that long. And my feet are okay at the moment. They're just wet and the sun was coming out. So I'm like, you know what, this doesn't matter. It did matter because then about six yeah. miles later, I've got like the craziest chafing on the top of my feet where my socks have sort of folded over in my shoes and just like Ooh. chafed. And then when I got home, when I took my socks off. I have never seen my feet in such a state. It was like proper trench foot. Yeah, like the whole bottom of my foot was not quite right, so I didn't wear, I didn't wear, uh, I didn't wear socks or shoes for a couple of days. But yeah, that was like a really big regret. I should have changed my shoes and socks at that yeah. point. Um, lesson learned. Yep, lesson learned. And the, the thing is, as well, I think it was about, it was eight miles from the end, including like this is the forty-three, so not eight miles from forty, but forty. So about thirty-five miles. That's when I started like really slowing down, and it was like I was getting really tired, and there was more walking. So like having to trudge through with soaking wet feet because it's fine when you're running. And you're like, oh, this is fine. I'm I'm doing fine. Da, da, da. But once it gets to the stage where you're doing more walking and your feet are rubbing and they're soaking wet, and you can just feel that like, yeah, this is not good for my feet. That's what really sucked. Um. I will say there was a bit of a almost disaster at the beginning because from from the get go, like my stomach was a bit dodgy, like most people's are oh, when they do a race like this. It just gives you a bit of a dodgy stomach, doesn't it? My stomach was a bit dodgy. Also, really need a wee. There was nowhere to do a wild wee or or even a poo for that matter. I was banking on the first checkpoint having toilets because that was in mm. the the race document because um, the first checkpoint was at a pub. But of course, it was so early; the pub wasn't open. So yeah, I was like, yeah. all the, the first checkpoint was like eight and a half miles. And I was like, oh, eight and a half miles. And I can have a, I can have a wee and I can have a poo. <laughs> and get there and then I can do what I need to do. Um, and as soon as I got there, I was like, is the, are the, are the toilets? And they're like, oh, no, the pub's not open yet. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, I said, like, okay, I'll just do a wild wee all the way to the next checkpoint, which I can't even remember where that was now. It was like another, it was like a nine miles to the next checkpoint. It was just towpath and open fields. There was yeah. nowhere to do a wild wee or a wild poo. There was like, <laughs> just like towpath, massive ditch and a field. So <laughs> I sort of had to, had to hold it. I did it a couple of times. I was like, this is not good. I am just going to have to like pop a squat on the towpath. Um, thankfully, the second checkpoint had toilets in, for, in a cafe, which was like, they were clean. There was toilet paper. It was oh, quite it luxury. Was, yeah, it was quite luxurious. We'll say though, 
The second checkpoint, you had to like go under the canal to the other side. I'm guessing because that's just where the access for the cars and stuff were. There's this massive fucking steep hill to go under the canal. I was walking down it. It was like killing my knees because obviously I've been running flat for the last however 19 miles or something like that. Or maybe, no, I can't remember how far it was now. But it was like, I was having to go down this massive steep hill. I went to the checkpoint and then the toilets and the cafe were up another steep hill and they had to come down them both. I'm like, who decided that to put a checkpoint up and down well that'd be Reese, so yeah, you, you know Reece. exactly who to blame for that one. and it was like it wasn't Fuck on the Reece. i know i know they probably had to do this but it wasn't on the the like the route either you had to come off the route a bit to go back on again so so yeah um but i finished in about 11 hours 30 minutes so not too shabby not too bad nice. they're saying it was 43 as well like if it had been actual because those final three miles took about an hour um, mm-hmm. If it had been 40, I would have been like on for like 10 and a half, 11 hours sort of thing. So that that wasn't I, too bad. I mean this in the nicest possible way. That is a long time. Oh, I yeah, don't mean that's yeah, a yeah. long time to do a race like that. That's just a long time to be out. I have never yeah. done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've done, you've done like three or four 40 milers now. I've never been above 33, I don't think. And that's so long to be out. I can't. Yeah. Oh. And it, you know what the worst thing is about those sort of ones? If, if you're sort of a not super great runner like me as in like super fast or anything like that it's just towards the end because like i said i i went through like um i went through the first 10 miles in like two hours 15 minutes or something like that so it's fine like that's quite a good a good pace for me and then i went through like this 20 mile mark in like four and a half hours and stuff like that so i was like you know what this is like a really good pace it's just as you might imagine as you get towards the end it's a slog so those final Mm. eight those final eight miles, I think, took me like three hours or maybe two and a half, three hours. And that was like the bit that was like a proper slog. So that, that that's the bit where I felt like I am out for too long. Like when I got to like eight hours in, I was like, this is great, but it'd be great if I could finish here. Like yeah. if this was the finish. That, is this good? Perfect. Yeah, I, I'm ready to be finished now. Yeah. I'm, I'm over it. I don't really have anything left to prove yeah, here. Exactly. I'd rather just be finished. And at that I point, I was that. like, and like, like I said, when I hit the 30 mile mark, I was like, if this was a 30 mile race, I'd be like, bang it, I'm, I'm done. Like it's seven and a half hours, eight hours, whatever it was. I was like, perfect. But yeah, it was those final sort of 35 miles on. And there was something mentally about it not being 40 miles, about it being 43. And mm. I had the route on my, um, on my watch. So I'd scroll up and I'd see like how many miles were left. I was like, fuck's sake. I, did, I miscalculated at one point because it was obviously like counting down. So I was on like, I did, I had five miles left for two miles because I miscalculated and that was like soul destroying. So, so yeah, but like I said, I, I was running, I was still running a bit. It wasn't like when I've done the Vogue before from like 20 miles on, I was like mainly walking. So the fact that I was like actually, it was like a slow run, but I was running sometimes for like a mile at a time. Like it was... At that stage, that's pretty good. Yeah, Uh, exactly. Speaking of trudges to the end, um, can I remind you now about the squirrel? Yes, yeah. So... (laughs) What, what, what? Okay, so right, this is right towards the end. I think this is the point where I'm like actually running the whole, like continuously running because I had about a mile to go, maybe just under a mile. And I just come out under this bridge, this really like quite a long, a long bridge um, uh, that had gone, (laughs) that goes under a road. And I'd gone past the sign that said like Brecon and I was on the straight to the end. I come out of this bridge and I see a guy holding like a little squirrel in his hand stood near the bridge and he was like a baby squirrel. 
Uh, well, not baby, like a teenager squirrel. It was like in between a baby and an adult. And I, sure. I bearing in mind, I, I'm nearly at the end of my race and I've been running for, for 42 miles. And I stop. And I say to the guy, is that your squirrel? <laughs> natural question like i just stop like i stop running but like all the way that all the way i'm like going oh i'm nearly there i'm nearly there i just need to carry on and then i see this guy was going and i stop and i just go is that your squirrel and he's like he's like no I, f- I found him i was like where did you find him he was like he was in the road i was like oh i said what are you gonna do he's like oh i don't, I don't know and i was like well maybe you should take him home he's like your squirrel now he's like yeah he's like yeah i might have to i was like oh he's so cute he's like and he was just sat in his hand Aww. and he was like stroking him so i stopped and had a little conversation with this guy <laughs> and then i was like see ya <laughs> i just carried on running to the end but um yes are you certain this this happened i don't know i could have you know what it's probably because there's quite a few people walking around and doing that because by now the sun had come out so people are doing their evening walks or whatever and probably just this mad woman who's like stinky and wet shoes i'm stood there talking to a tree or something about yeah. a squirrel like, it's like there's like a squirrel in a tree and i'm stood there going is that your squirrel <laughs> you sure you didn't catch your head on one of those low bridges yeah this was the thing as well this was quite funny like i saw the elevation profile and um and i don't think i got as much elevation because all the bridges i just walked underneath and i can imagine if you were like a normal person height you'd have to go over the bridges so there's obviously you know like a towpath like you can go under yeah yeah or like you next don't have to, to duck it. under them a normal height person yeah has to duck yeah a or bit. like next to it there's like uh, right next to it there's a little path where you go over the top i didn't do it yeah. i didn't use any of those paths i just went under every single right. one easy peasy so my elevation profile is probably half that of a normal sized person who ran the race so. nice so yeah if you I have done a race I have done a race along there four years ago and I had my GoPro on at the time and I actually captured I run under one of those low bridges and I got to the other side there's a guy sitting on the bench with a bandage on his head and blood <laughs> dripping down his head where he obviously did not duck enough no I, I, you know what I can imagine that it'd be quite tough if you had to go up over those bridges every single time because it's obviously it's quite steep that bit is like quite a steep bit to mm. go over the top yeah, yeah, yeah I know just, what you mean. so if you if you're like under five foot five and the rest easy breezy you just go on under the bridge it was uh it was absolutely fine so yeah and i will say the training does work i went out for a four mile run today absolutely oh. fine no issue like what? a bit tired my feet don't hurt i have no aches or pains the day after the race Things were aching, but my feet weren't hurting, but things were aching and I just sort of sat for most of the day. The day after that, fine, fine. Went for walks, walked, took the dogs on two really long walks. Absolutely fine. If I can remind people, last time I did the Vogum, I was supposed to do the Rhythm two weeks later and I couldn't, two weeks, still two weeks later, I couldn't walk properly. <laughs> so, so actually, so my take home message from this is if you want to do an ultra and not being a horrific amount of pain during and afterwards actually train <laughs> i'm not happy about that at all no i know i know people don't want to hear it but i will say if you want to do a 40 mile race um a 14 mile training run two months before just won't cut it yeah as someone who's like planning out my long runs for the end of august for the race at the end of august with a hamstring that still hurts after five months mm. i'm not at all happy to hear any of this yeah you've got to train and yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was a good race. I don't really want to see the canal for some time. That was just, and it was, I, I I know I know the hills in the in the races that are coming up are going to be hard. I get that, but it's going to be worth it for some of the downhills because that the, the flat was a slog. 
just I, when you're I, like... Have you seen yourself running down a hill? Yeah, no, I mean... You run... <laughs> I, I don't think that's any quicker, to be honest. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, like, you know, some of the... Gra- just, just some difference, you know? Just some, even some of the gradual downhill. Yeah, okay. just for, and I had a moment on the canal where my brain was sort of going a bit foggy. And I'm like, will there be any downhills? And I'm like, I'm on a fucking canal. That's what locks are for. Of course there's not going to be any downhills. Yeah. Like, what am I thinking? Um, but yeah, it was just relentlessly flat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's canal runs. And you know what? I've just looked... On Strava, hmm. at your race, do you know what a baller Amy Genders is? Morning run. <laughs> 69 and a half K, 11 hours 38, morning run. Morning run. Don't give a shit, mate. Yeah, it was a morning run. That's it. It's casual. <laughs> do yeah. not give a shit. <laughs> People looking at it like, Jesus, it's just a casual morning run. Yeah, and also that, that time is not reflective of my actual time because I couldn't couldn't stop my watch at the end it was just so i stood around chatting yeah, yeah, for a yeah. bit and then eventually i could stop my watch i think it was more like 11 30 if anyone cares so. well yeah that that those eight minutes make all the difference they do they do so and i wasn't last i thought i was last for a bit but you know what as always people go out too fast i overtook like three people who were Whoa. walking yeah 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 so I devastating for them i wasn't last not that i was too bothered anyway because it's quite this race was quite a small field really compared to like mm-hmm. some of the other ones i think because it is just like 40 miles along a canal so but yeah that's it one down five to go Ugh. i'm not i'm okay i'm looking forward to the 30 milers i'm looking forward to the vogue i know i can do that i've done that twice before i'm very little training it's the edam the edam scares me so it should, that's why it's called the beast it's you know what? i've been watching youtube videos and stuff and I'm just like, what am I, what business do I have doing this? Yeah. I, I read people's race recaps and stuff like that. And I'm like, what am I doing? So, but we're not going to think about the Edom because I've got to get through the others first. Uh, hopefully I'll get a horrific en- injury and not be able to do it. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Hopefully I break my knees and I can't do it anymore. We'll see. That would be the best for us all. Yeah. It's the bullshit running is a heartwarming story that we like to do every now and then, but only because it involves a dog. <laughs> a woman ran 19 miles of a marathon carrying a lost puppy. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Runner Kemjira Klongsanan was seven miles into the Chombuang Marathon in Ratchaburi, Western Thailand. We can see why Amy gave this one to me. <laughs> when she saw runners dodging a puppy, stopping at the side of the road, she attempted to coax the trembling puppy over to her. With no houses nearby, Klongsonen concluded that the pup must have been abandoned. Rather than leaving it behind, she carried it for the next 19 miles, crossing the finish line with the pup in her arms. She appealed for the owner of the puppy to come forward, and when nobody did, she adopted the pup, naming him Chomboeng after the race. He now lives with her and her other two dogs. Aww. Oh, isn't that lo- Wouldn't you love the opportunity to do something like that? Do you yeah. ever get that thing where you see a dog that looks like it's lost, and you suddenly think... You have that thing in your mind of like, right, I'm going to have to rescue this dog. I'm going to have to put up yeah. posters. I might have to adopt this dog. Why? Oh, no, there, there's the owner. Yeah. And you go through like the next two years of your life with this new dog in like three seconds. And you're like, oh, no, there they are. Yeah. yeah, I do that all the time. And it's often just some, it's often one of those little old dogs that just sort of hobbles along. And the owner's, you know, 20 feet behind or something. And it's actually the yeah. dog is just hobbling along and doing its own thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. It's... And yeah, it's just going about his day. He doesn't really care. Yeah, but like, oh, you'd like to think if you did see a little puppy on a marathon, you'd have to, you'd have to rescue it. Yeah, as long as, I mean, yeah. you, you get famous for it, so that's worth it for that. Exactly, exactly. Maybe not on an ultra, though, because it's just added weight, isn't it? 
Oh yeah, no, no. Well, perhaps you can't <laughs> say perhaps it, it's a snack, but no, let's not go there. <laughs> That's dark. You'd carry it for a bit, and then you'd have to just sort of eat it. Leave it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like oh, was, well, when, when no one's around, you're like, I'm just gonna just gonna abandon you again. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it a gel. <laughs> Some dry tailwind, just sprinkle it on the floor for it. <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. Oh. Anyway, what have you got coming up next, Stuart? Well, my big plan, I did say at the beginning of the year, well, my big plan was to do this 20-mile route with, like, three mountains in, and that was going to be really cool because I'm going to do, like, my biggest run of the year, and it's not going to be a race, and that's how cool I am. You know, I did two of those mountains a couple of weeks ago in that race I talked about last time, and I can't be asked to do that route anymore. Because no, that, that race absolutely ruined me and this that was 25k and this is 20 miles and it has an extra mountain and so i don't really want to do that again so i think actually the week after easter we're both free you want to do some hills i think we should go and do some hills i think we should i think that you've got some poles you need to do some pole practice i do i do i've watched a video but um some people messaged me because i posted that i had my like uh my harrier uh package come through and people messaged me and were like are you gonna use pot like this was the day before the ultra like are you gonna use Mm. poles tomorrow having never used them before i'm like no 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 i'm not that silly i will wear partially completely new kit and i won't change my shoes when they're waterlogged and soaking wet but i will not use poles if i haven't practiced with them of course i won't sensible so yeah i need to get some practice in yeah but you actually go to the gym though so your arms might do better than mine because my arms were jelly using them before i mean i do doesn't mean i'm, I'm that strong <laughs> so what is your next race now what's the next ultra the next one is the howam on the 6th of may that's a tough one don't say that i've been reading about it it doesn't sound that bad no it is i've done it it's it's pretty bad why is it bad so, it's hilly yeah but that's okay you're like i said last time unless you do hills you don't know hills hills are a whole different thing i have done hilly races before yeah wow my main question about it is what is the actual mileage is it under or over 30 Uh, i think i got 30 when i did it okay that's okay it's a relatively short one. 32 or 33 i just can't i can't in my head it's 30 we're done at 30 round numbers please yeah there okay, you go another message to race organizers round numbers or please. below like i don't mind that like i think the vogum's usually 39.2 miles perfect love it don't need to do that extra eight and that guy that i saw at the end of the vogum last time running the extra 0.8 of a mile you are mad we've, we're done okay the finish line is there we're done stop it yeah so, don't do that so yeah so how i'm on may 6th it's gonna be fine no one psych me out about it <laughs> And I need to do some runs in between, so probably some hilly runs for that, I Let's guess. Let's do some hills, yes. We'll do some hills. Good plan. If you've enjoyed this bullshit, please visit runningisbs.com to see the show notes, the links from this episode, and the whole back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon, merch store, and social medias. Bye! Bye! Is that your squirrel?